0: the Bloom Your Mind podcast, where we take all of your ideas for what you want, and we turn them into real things. I'm your host, Certified Coach Marie McDonald. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 14 of the Bloom Your Mind podcast. So happy to be here with you today. After the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about future (laughs) tripping. We talked about how good it is for our brains and our bodies and our lives and our relationships and our goals to practice future thinking. We talked about how valuable it is to do mental rehearsal. I gave you a few practices that you could do. I waxed philosophical for a couple of episodes there about the future and y'all reached out to me and told told me how helpful that was. And I'm so glad and I'm glad you like that content and now I wanna follow it up with what to do with that future vision. Because that shining, glimmering future vision that you have for yourself, for your life, or even just for something Singular that you want to create and put out in the world, some idea that you want to make real. Maybe that's a creation. Maybe that's a change you want to make in yourself. Maybe that is a big future vision that you have for yourself 10 years down the line. That thing might be bright. It might be sparkly. It does multiple things for us. It creates abundance and creativity, hope, empathy. It creates inspiration. It motivates us to keep going like a big old beacon lighting up the path we want to walk down. That future vision can create a place to guide ourselves towards, to direct our energy in little small moments and in big moments when we're making big decisions. And also when we're just deciding what the next small step is that we can take. Having a future vision helps us make sure that those small steps and our big steps are all in line with our values, our deepest truths, and the fun, glittery, warm, wonderful vision that we have for where we want to go, what we want this life to be about, what we want to contribute to the world with these moments that we have. Our future goals, our future vision can create a sustained, like a long-term passion for us, that lasts for the long run, for the ups and downs, that keeps us in the flow, keeps us rocking in the direction we want to go. Or sometimes that future vision can actually do the opposite. It can create pressure. It can create lack. It can create a lot of fear. So that's what we're going to talk about today is how to make sure that you use that future vision for yourself for good (laughs) and not for evil. So (laughs) the future, my friends, it's not reality, right? It's a projection. It's our vision. It's our idea for what we want to create or be or experience. And because of that, because it's not a real thing, we can't use it to measure our progress. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The only way to measure our progress is backward against the past, against how far we've come, against the fact that we started as an embryo. (laughs) we made a lot of progress since then. We can't use our future vision to measure where we are right now. And I'm going to offer... A little bit more detail about this. There are two ways that I will offer to measure our progress, measure where we're at. One option is in relation to our ideal, our future, hope that we have. And the other option is we can measure in relation to where we started. And I'm going to recommend that one. But first, let me give you an example, as always. All right. So I was talking to this fabulous client of mine. And I said, "What do you want coaching on today?" And she said, "I want coaching on my budget because we've been we've worked up a budget for her. Um, she's made a bunch of progress. She's been working that budget, enjoying it, having so much fun on her budget for real." Um, and she said, "You know, something's gone wrong here, and I need I need some coaching on it." And so we got into talking about this, and we realized that even though she has the goal of saving right now. She was eight hundred dollars down in her bank account, and so she was measuring her progress financially against this idea that she had her bank account had gone down by eight hundred dollars, and so she was worried about that. And so we started talking about it. This client is about to get married, and. She has experienced so many fun, wonderful things, bachelorette parties and wonderful experiences. And gosh, she's just creating this incredible journey for herself and her people as she celebrates her love and this big leap she's making in her life. And so when we looked at what she was measuring against this future ideal to both get married very soon. And to be saving money while she was paying for her wedding and all of the things around her wedding, we started laughing. (laughs) We started laughing because that's a great ideal. And also maybe setting the bar a little bit high, right? To pay for a wedding and all the experiences around it and be saving money up to buy a house. I mean, maybe that's great. Maybe it will work. But maybe... It's not the thing to measure ourselves by because it's a very high aspirational goal that might not line up with all the choices she wants to make in the day-to-day, right? So then we decided to measure against where she started. And when we started looking at that, it was unbelievable. She had made so much progress. She had gotten herself out of a ton of debt and leapt forward and saved Almost twice as much as the amount she had paid off. We're talking of tens of thousands of dollars. She had first gotten out of debt and then saved a ton already. And this has only happened in the last two years. She had also really changed her spending habits, created a high yield savings account, contributed to a wedding and all of the events surrounding it to celebrate and be with other people. And had created a budget and totally changed her spending habits and had been working that plan. So when we reoriented what she was measuring herself against, she felt like a superstar. (laughs) And she had a little humor and lightness and she readjusted her goal. And she's like, you know what? I don't even want to save during this time. I actually want to feel really good about spending money on my wedding. I'm going to budget how much I'm going to spend. And I'm going to decide how much I still want to have in my savings, which was most of what she had already saved. And then after I'm married, then I'm going to stop the spending on the wedding, of course, and start my savings again. And so in this one conversation, she completely shifted from fear and anxiety and sort of replicating a fear about what had happened to her in the past, which was that she had been in debt. And instead, she had turned into celebratory, hopeful, proud of all of the success she had made and had a very clear decision-making process about the budget, how much she wanted to spend, and she felt great about it. This is because she measured not against her ideal of having a home eventually and being married and having savings, but against her starting point. And when she did, she felt really good about where she is right now. Dan Sullivan is an author that wrote a book. He's also a coach that wrote a book called The Gap in the Game. And there are lots of different philosophies and theories and practices that support this same type of philosophy that says that we should look at our progress and look at where we are right now and measure ourselves in terms of where we've been, what we have, what we appreciate, and what we know. as opposed to solving problems, looking at how far it is that we need to go and measuring ourselves against our ideal. So within education, for instance, there's something called appreciative inquiry that asks us to think about what we already appreciate, what we already know, what we already like, what's working right before we go into problem solving. There's, there are lots of different philosophies that focus on this. I love how Dan Sullivan really succinctly said this in his book. So I'll put the book in the show notes. Um, and in it, in the beginning, he talks about Thomas Jefferson and how he framed our goal as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I cannot think about Jefferson, by the way, any longer without picturing David Diggs and his amazing representation in Hamilton of Jefferson. Um, so I'm picturing him as I tell you about this. <laughs> He talks about how it was a great disservice to our country to phrase it like that, because if we are in the pursuit of something, it makes that thing unattainable. If we are in the pursuit of happiness, intrinsically, that means that we don't have it right now. Happiness becomes unattainable as the experience we're having now. When we're in the pursuit of it, it isn't here and now. So even when we do great things, it means that we've created a culture of wanting to move right along from them into the next thing that we want. Even when most of something that we're doing goes well, we've trained ourselves to focus on the one thing that didn't. When we talk and have conversations with other people around us, we tend to focus for many different reasons, but we focus Culturally, too, on the thing that we said that wasn't what we wanted. We measure the lack in ourselves, in the world, and in each other. We are in the pursuit of our ideal all the time. But we can learn to do something different. So there are three places that we measure ourselves by where we started, where we are right now, and our ideal. Or the future goal, the future vision for what we want to create. If we measure ourselves by how far there is to go between where we are right now and where we want to be, think about what comes up for you. We feel a lack in ourselves, we feel insufficient, we feel like we're failing, we feel like nothing that we can do is enough. Lots of of negative things come up when we look at how far there is to go between ourselves and the ideal as a measure of our progress. And once we start to see those things, you know, if you've listened to the last few episodes that our cognitive bias kicks in and we start to see all of the evidence for how far behind we are, we talk about that to other people. We represent ourselves in our body language and in our perspective and in how we filter reality through that perception that's based in lack, an inherent lack in ourselves. Yuck. (laughs) The other way we can measure is where we are right now in relation to where we started. And when we do that, we consistently, categorically are in a more productive, positive, hopeful, generative, and creative space. Because we see all of the things that we've done so far. We feel proud about those things. We feel accomplished. And the irony is that when we focus on how far we've come instead of how far we have to go, we are much more likely to reach our ideal in the end anyway. Because we create a presence. We actually experience the world that we're in right now. We feel much happier because we're not constantly waiting for someday. We have a vision that we're aimed at but we're right here right now. And we're proud of how far we've come. So we have that positive emotion that builds momentum. And that is a way to create motivation and inspiration anywhere, anytime, instead of waiting for motivation to come to us. So, if we focus on that gap between ourselves and the ideal, we're constantly spinning and sometimes we lose what we already have. And if we focus on that space between where we are right now and where we started, then we gain more and more of what's lacking. So, um, in psychological terms, they call this something called hedonistic adaptation. (laughs) This is like, how humans quickly adapt over and over again to what we have, where we are, and what we've got. Like We're never satisfied. We're always moving on to the next thing. I think of this in terms of when you hear someone saying, I just want to get married. I just wish I was married. I just wish I had a partner. I just wish I had someone in my life. And it seems like when someone's so hyper-focused on partnership, on having a partnership, they miss out on being themselves in the moment right now that they're in and then also usually once they're with a partner, there's a honeymoon period and then that becomes the new normal and there are new problems to solve. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with you if that's you. We all do it. (laughs) Or maybe someone just wants a new job. I just There's so many things wrong with the career I'm in right now or the job I'm in right now or the city I live in right now. I just need to move and then everything's going to be good. And then, of course, once there's that shift to a new job or a new career or a new city or a new place, there's a honeymoon period for a while. And then we quickly adapt. That's that hedonistic adaptation. We adapt to that new normal. And there's a new set of problems that are keeping us from happiness. We do that in many different ways. We adapt to that new normal and then measure ourselves against the next thing we want, the next rung up on the ladder. and. In doing that, we're avoiding where we are right now because we're trying to get to where we want to go. Ideals are there for motivation, to give us choice and meaning and direction in our lives, but not as a measuring stick. Unfortunately, the society that we live in has taught us to measure ourselves against ideals, against goals, and has set them way out of reach. But when we measure ourselves against how far we've come, We get to choose where we're going next because we have total freedom. It's our self-worth. Our progress is not based on where we want to go next. Where we want to go next is just for fun. Our progress is based on all the things we've done so far. Not some role that we're supposed to be playing or something that we're supposed to accomplish that we're holding against ourselves. We get to see new progress every day. We get to be in our lives, love our lives because we've come so far. And then every experience that we have is something we can learn from because it becomes part of that gain. It becomes something we're grateful for. We gained something from it. We learned something from it. It becomes part of how we're measuring our progress because what we want is something that we're aiming for, but we know we don't need it because what we want, our future vision, isn't the thing that's determining how much progress we've made you with me here's another ridiculous example have you ever been running late and you're like really excited for some event we're really looking forward to spending time with some people and then you're running late and all of a sudden that's all that you can focus on is the like five or ten minutes behind that you are and it's like whose fault is this either we blame ourselves and we feel bad about it, or we blame somebody else, or we oscillate back and forth between blaming and shaming and blaming and shaming, and we get stuck there. And we think about now how badly we feel about being late and how badly we feel about how others are going to feel about being late. And we get into a funk and maybe even miss the whole experience. But if we refocus out, not on the gap of being you know, where we are now, five or 10 minutes late, against our ideal, which was to be on time, but we refocus on our, on where we are five or 10 minutes late, but the whole picture of, okay, we got out of the house (laughs) and we're almost there. And the whole picture of the event and how important it is to us and how excited we are about it. The whole reason we're there in the first place, we come out of that fixation on that gap On the five minutes late, and we come back to being present where we are right now and seeing the whole picture instead of missing out on something that's important to us. One more place I want to call out how helpful this can be is in relationships. So, when you're measuring the distance between where you are in a relationship against the ideal for perfection, you only see, we only see where a relationship is not measuring up or where another person is not measuring up. We see those things in our own head and then we point those out to other people, sometimes meaning to and sometimes not meaning to. And then everyone's focus is on those negative aspects of like just the faults of how far we are away from perfection. So I'm going to give you an example here. So let's just let's just say that a child has been in some really tough situations socially at school. There's a kindergarten boy that I know that was in some tough situations. And that child, he has always woken up happy, gone to sleep happy, um, been really silly and fun-loving and imaginative and wonderful. And then after a year, year and a half of being in some pretty tough social situations at school during this kindergarten year, his attitude started changing. He would wake up in the morning with a furrowed brow, and he would say, leave me alone. (laughs) And when people, his parents would ask him for things, he would say, no. And when his siblings would interact with him, he would run up and kick him in the shins. (laughs) He would start throwing things. He didn't want to go anywhere, didn't want to hang out with anyone, didn't want to make new friends sort of developed a shyness that wasn't like him. And if his parents were looking at their child and measuring that child against the ideal, that would be really frustrating. They would see a child that was not being nice, that was not happy, that was um, off kilter and, and was uh, sort of like lacking, right? If the parents measure that child's behavior in the moment that they're in against how far he's come, they might consider things like this. That child has lived six years <laughs> and become a fully formed human being. That child has come into the world and learned how to have a body and be a person and say words and operate this bag of bones and brains. <laughs> that child has learned about social behavior and has learned how to walk around and interact with other human beings in sometimes very strange social situations. That child began to separate from his family, and then that separation got interrupted by COVID. And that child went back into the house and stopped that organic separation, started reattaching to them and learning that normal was being back in a house with the family. And then that child made that progress of moving back into school and figuring it out and then worked through some very strange social dynamics. And even in the hitting and the anger and the frustration, those parents might see that there's a gain there. He's processing the thing that he experienced instead of bottling it up. He's working through it. And if we're working through it, we're going somewhere. So those parents might see the gain of the fact that he experienced some rough friendship dynamics with not the best physical boundaries, and he made it through them. And with all that perspective, they might feel proud instead of disappointed. And with all that perspective, they might have a lot of patience and set clear boundaries to retrain that little human in what appropriate boundaries are physically and That patience might coax out a lot more love again, a lot more compassion, a lot more learning, and might get everyone where they want to go a lot faster. So we can see that both in how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to our futures, how we relate to each other, and how we relate to the world, if we can measure. Our progress in relation to how far we've come instead of how far we have to go, it is all better. So, this week, just notice when you're feeling like you're not enough or you're not far along enough or you're not where you're supposed to be, or when you're focused on what's lacking in a situation, another person, yourself. Just notice when you're hanging out in that gap. Mind the gap, (laughs) y'all. And then, either in your head on a piece of paper, typing it out in a voice memo. Measure yourself or the situation or the other person by describing the gain instead. Instead of comparing yourself to where you wish you were, compare that other person or the situation of the world or yourself compared to how far you've come. By where they started and how far they've come, or by the whole story instead of just some part of it or by what you've learned and what you know now that you didn't know before. Measure yourself by your progress. Measure the world and the people around you by how far they've come. And then notice how it blooms. That's what I've got for you today. Enjoy your week, and I will see you next week. Thanks for hanging out with me friends if you like today's episode and you want more of them please take two minutes right now to subscribe and give me a five-star review on apple podcasts then send this episode to a friend see you next time